0: The show is brought to you by Rutus Metal Detectors, makers of the Alter 71. Discover new possibilities at rutus.com.pl.
1: Oh, quickly Dan under.
0: I love God, that That movie. was an interesting film. <laughs> Tom Selleck in Australia? Come on. I don't even think I that...
1: liked it. I reckon I liked it when it first came out. I, reckon I, was I haven't so seen old. it
0: in forever, but, you know, it's one of those old-time Western well, I watched.
1: It. I tried to watch it recently on Netflix. I
0: had to turn it off. Did you? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I was also doing other things at the same time, I wasn't able to pay attention to the story, so <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know whether I'd go back to it. L- a lot of the stuff that I watched when I was a child and I thought, yeah, that was all right. And I've gone back to try and watch it again. I've just gone, I can't do this. Like short circuit, I couldn't do it.
0: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, see, I
1: couldn't I couldn't do short circuit again. I tried. That's one of those movies
0: just an old out of me. I want to go watch some of these old films, like with my kids, you know, and then yeah. get the, get them on recording. Like, does this movie hold up? Does this one not hold up? You know? Um I think it would be so cool seeing the kids of today, how they react to some of the movies. You have that to we... show them
1: the princess bride.
0: Oh, of course. That is a, yeah. actually, that one Best actually movie ever, that one still actually holds up really well. It does. <laughs>
1: I remember when I went to see that, like my mum's best mate, Christine, hmm. had two kids, Ben and Lisa, and there was my me and my sister Jenny. So I was best mates with Ben and Jenny was best mates with Lisa. And there was four years gap between me and my sister and there was four years gap between Ben and Lisa and there was a uh, one-year gap between me and Ben. So we're all sort of – it was similar age gaps between the siblings – But the siblings were of similar age. So um, when that, um, oh, let me just mute that. When that um, movie was on at the cinema, they had a, one of the bread companies had a promotion where you took in two bread bags and you got a second movie ticket free or half price or, you know, at a discounted rate. (laughs) And we went to see this movie. On that promotion, and Ben and I, we just like, oh, we don't want to see this bloody princess film. We're not into that kind <laughs> of crap. In you know the ten-year-old version of yeah. the complaint, and we were just oh, moaning and complaining and tormenting our siblings because of it, and calling the movie all sorts of bad names. <laughs> anyway, we went and saw it, and. We came out, and we loved it. It's and a brilliant I still film. I it to this very day. It's it, one of it, my top movies. It truly, it The Princess Bride, so clever. Princess it, it Bride truly to holds all up. Movies, all ages. It was brilliant. <laughs> I mean. It was better than Flight of the Navigator, which I really liked at the time.
0: But, yeah, sometimes you can actually hear me uh, quote The Princess Bride quite a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, my wife and I, we love watching um, those uh, Sharknado movies? I mean, we love watching low-budget, really bad movies. It, I've
1: never seen them. No matter... I couldn't bring myself to watch No movies,
0: matter how I serious really they try to make these movies, uh, we just sit there and laugh the whole time at the bad special effects, the bad acting. But Sharknado has a place in our heart, and we were watching the last one, and uh, there was a scene where the girl says, my name is... Marie Gonzalez, you killed my father. Prepare to die. And I was like, "Oh my lord!" Now they're copying Princess Bride. And she, let, my wife, looked at me and goes, "What do you mean?" Hello, my name is Diego Montoya. You killed my, you killed my father. Prepare to die. And uh, she's like, uh, "What?" <laughs> I mean, I mean, I have so many quotes from that movie. Every time somebody says, "Talk to you later," or, I gotta go to work. I always say, "Well, have fun storming the castle." <laughs> but
1: yeah, I do I do quote it from time to time. I couldn't actually give you any any examples of, of when I would do it, but I do that, and I do the Simpsons as well. yeah early early Simpsons, not I haven't watched any of the later stuff, but um, I have conversations with friends of mine who are in our little tribal circle, <laughs> and my par- my partner you know doesn't really. Get into The Simpsons. She watched it. She watched it, but she doesn't know it in and out like like her best mate and her best mate's <laughs> husband do. And we just have these conversations quoting The Simpsons, or somebody will just throw out a one liner, and, and we'll, like the three of us will just start laughing our heads off. And Catherine's just like, well, what? what? What are you
0: talking about? Ah, oh, Simpsons." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the things I was uh, thinking about buying the Blu-rays. But, uh, or DVDs, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because what are they? Season 28 now? What's, oh, so that I don't know, a know what lot it is. Of, it's
1: the longest running cartoon, I think. Yeah,
0: it? it's, it's, I think, the longest running television show besides soap operas or anything.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, don't know. If, I stopped watching don't, TV don't quite, quite
0: a while ago. Yeah, I don't watch Simpsons that much. Um, I watch Family Guy and whatever else I can get my hands on, whatever's over here in Germany on Netflix or Amazon what i'm usually watching
1: that's what i watch i I watch netflix and we've got one called stan i don't know if that's any in in, anywhere else but uh, we have stan which is another paid subscription service streaming service never heard of that Uh, i the only thing i really watch on tv tv is sport and that's the cricket which i didn't watch a lot of this year i listened to it on the radio and the rugby league state of origin
0: That's crazy. Yeah, I don't watch... uh, Cricket's one of the things that I can't get into because I don't know it. Uh, If I I could understand it, just like Australian uh, Australian rules football, I love... uh, I used to play it, actually, in high school. Um, A lot of people don't know this, but in high school I played rugby for a whole season, I think it was. But anyway... um, how about this? Let's get on with the show. What do you think? Let's get it up. Yeah. I agree. I mean, if you guys haven't figured it out, this is Global Detection Adventures. You're listening to the GTA Radio Podcast. We've been kind of mammering on for quite a while now, but, you know, it's one of those things I really love doing, just kind of getting into it. we got a good show for you guys today. Uh, with me, as usual... All the way on the Southern Hemisphere, enjoying multiple days in 90 plus degree weather. Uh, we got 42 down in Adelaide. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, good. A bit warm, bit warm. <laughs> and better than I was last weekend. It was hey. hot last weekend and I was stuck on the side of the road with a blown out tire for two hours.
0: I heard about that. That sounds horrible. Like I was telling you, it sounds like the beginning of every Australian horror film that's ever been made.
1: (laughs) No, well, that was actually the end of the of the trip. The beginning, the beginning of the trip started out with me breaking my caravan uh, half an hour before we were supposed to depart. So I had to do a quick, quick trip to the uh, hardware store for some uh, supplies to do a makeshift repair and then I got caught in some really horrible road works it took an hour to travel what normally takes 15 minutes and then when I was about 120 k's from home I went to change gears and was just like oh, where's my clutch I can't find my clutch it's really? not the panel's not there yeah so I'd gone to change gears and um, put my foot on the clutch and then it just didn't return and it's like oh that's probably not good so no. we were supposed to get <laughs> Yeah, we we left at about half past two, three o'clock, maybe three thirty in the afternoon and got there at eleven and we should have got there about four or five o'clock. So we were quite late.
0: Oh good grief. That's and horrible. exhausted. And because yeah. it was
1: hot. It it was, you know, high thirties, which is you know, high nineties to low hundreds, I think. <laughs> in in the Fahrenheit scale. So it was it was it was very hot. But I had a good time while I was there. I didn't get a huge amount of metal detecting image because it was just so hot and the ground was really quite solid. But you got Um, some. I got some in, that's right. I found two dollars and thirty six cents, which two dollars was two one dollar coins and they were by the banks of the river. Well, (laughs) the the other stuff was on the property that I was staying on.
0: That's a couple of Cokes.
1: No, 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 that's, that's, that's a mini Coke. That's a mini Coke. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, unless, yeah unless you're at the, um, at like a sausage sizzle, you might get a Coke for $2. You <laughs> might get a Coke for $1.50. But generally, if you're going to like the Servo or a shop, you're probably playing about three fifty or so for a can of Coke.
0: Yeah, I forgot the Australian uh, exchange rate was like 1.5 million to one. So
1: yeah, it's, it's hideous. Don't, don't, um, you know, you need to win the lottery to come here. No, actually, no, you don't. No, we no. need to win the lottery to go overseas. That's right.
0: We just need uh, like, like here in Europe, all we need to do is pay for the flight and we can go there with three Euro and live an entire week. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's not that bad, but yeah, you no, guys, no, yeah, you guys bad. have about, uh, I think it's, a. Uh, Australian dollar, 50 to a dollar, I think it is. So, yeah, I I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it's. uh, I really want to get down there, regardless of what's going on, uh, what the exchange rate is. I've got to get my butt down there and, uh, you know, meet up with our family friend, Robin, and her husband. Meet up with you guys and John and uh, get out there and get some metal detecting. We're going to find the lost gold of, I don't know, somebody
1: We'll find you that gold coin. That's, there you go. You know, that's that's
0: the plan. Yeah, Sadly enough, I am stuck home again for one last month. I'm hoping this is the end of it. Uh, I'm hoping the knee is finally done. Uh, the, the problem has not returned. It seems to be subsiding. So we'll see. Maybe I can get out in April, uh, but that's going to be the soonest I can get out. Maybe I can get some uh, flea market hunting done in this month. Uh, which shouldn't be too bad. So might be able to share something at least. But cool. So yeah, well um, uh, we're gonna be um, uh, speaking of getting out this week. Uh, one of the thing that uh, I guess people have been noticing, I did mention this on to Facebook earlier this week. It's been a really rough week for me. I haven't been on much. Uh, but I did say that uh, we would be on Twitch. Um, I'm working on making a Global Detection Adventures television-style show featuring myself on the uh, website called Twitch, uh, which normally is for uh, people who record video games and stuff, but they're trying to branch the website out more. So they're looking for people that run podcasts and all kinds of other things. And um, since I have the two podcasts and Global Detection Adventures is one of the big ones, I thought it would be kind of cool to have a GDA Twitch page where we talk about news from around the world with, you know, picture in picture and zoom in, zoom out kind of thing. So I thought that would be kind of fun for the metal detecting community to be able to see actually see some of the items and um, interact. Uh, We can play videos. If you guys send us videos, we'll play it on it as well. And um, we'll show you uh, your video right on the Twitch page and people can see it from all over the world. So hopefully this will be something that'll be fun for people to do. I just don't know when I'm going to be able to do it. i got to get through all the software issues. There are quite a bit. Um, it's quite a learning curve on this one. So, But it will be coming up, and uh, hopefully it will be a weekly show as well. Uh, or whenever I get off my lazy butt and record something, it could be more than once a week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it should be something that's uh, going to be fun, I think.
1: I've never heard of Twitch.
0: Yeah, take a look.
1: Can can you tell us what Twitch is?
0: Twitch is a video site. What it is is a streaming video site. Uh, Basically, uh, it was designed for people who play video games, either computer or consoles, that they could stream uh, how they play uh, around the world, you know, let people actually see them talking and playing the video game. So you see a picture of them and then you see the video game itself as it's running, uh, games like Fortnite have really made it super popular because people like seeing how other people are playing the game and they adapt that to themselves. But on the plus side, there's a lot of really good personalities that are doing these shows. And, um, they bring a lot of people subscribe to it. When um, when people subscribe, they can they get notifications every time that person is online and streaming a new video. You can also make donations to them directly on Twitch as well. There are people I've known, I know a YouTuber that's out there. He just goes on every once in a while. He's got these unbelievable sponsors that give him like just to do with as he wishes, right? Um, So he goes online and he'll watch this Twitch, this guy on Twitch. So he'll donate like $2,000 to begin with. And then he'll donate $10,000. And he just does it so you could watch this guy's facial expressions until at the end he's got $100,000 donated to him on the show. I'm not saying that's what I'm trying to do with us, But this is exactly the kind of interface that you have with the people. It has a live chat screen. You can actually sit there and chat with the people while you're doing the show. It has, um, you know, a way that people, if you like the show, just like these ones, we are always open to people trying to make donations to help us, uh, you know, pay for all the different things that have to go into this entire show. so that's exactly what Twitch is. It's another way to reach out to your fan base and give them a live show and, um, and a way that they can interact with you and be on the show as well. It's a really cool concept, I think. And uh,
1: so, can I just ask a question about mm-hmm. that? It's it's so it's like
0: it's a live streaming. Yeah, it's live stream. Uh, when so once
1: it's already once it's streamed, once you've done that live. Can you go back and view it again or is it yes. it's, it's
0: gone? Yeah, I can set it up that even if I'm not live, it'll repeat that same show that I just did until the okay. next live version, until the next live one. Okay. So even if you don't see it right away, it will be viewable later on
1: okay because we are global and yeah. Our time yeah, time yeah 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 that's <laughs> yeah that's the biggest that's
0: the biggest problem um, yeah. and because um, if everything works out right and I'm starting my next job I might not have every weekend free and so this gives me the opportunity to interact with people and do something uh, when I am off which might be during the week which might be on the weekends I don't know exactly if this uh, my um, move, Uh, in my workplace is going to be happening. Uh, So we'll see exactly how I'm going to be able to get this out to you guys. But this is going to be a really, really big move. Uh, The podcast will still be around. Me and 42 will be um, really talking into your guys' ears and everything else, like I always say. Uh, But this also gives us another way to interact with you as well. Plus, if you like this show, maybe you get a chance to watch the other show that I do as well, which we'll be talking about all kinds of pop culture news as well. Uh, 42 might know that I do Legos as well. And this gives me an opportunity to talk about Legos, talk about um, video games, talk about movies, television, and everything else as well. So, you know, um, it's a great way to reach out to people, and I'm hoping that this will be something that will definitely work out.
1: Cool. All right. Shall we go in and find the way?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Everybody knows that uh, Rudus Metal Detector sponsors us, but I want to go ahead and take this time when I'm supposed to be doing a commercial for them, which I still am. Make sure you head on over to rudus.com.pl and check out the website of the Alter 71, the machine that I'm currently using or going to be actually using a lot more this coming summer. Uh, Check it out. It's a really great machine. It's one of those uh, professional quality machines at a rate that everybody can afford, actually. It is by far one of the most personalizable machines that there are. So check it out at rudus.com.pl. And what I really want to do is I want to give a huge, huge shout out to uh, Eric over at rudus.com. And uh, also to Viola. These two people, Eric and Viola, make it their personal commitment to every single uh, customer of Rudus.com to become as personal as possible with each and every one of them. They are a great, great company. Make sure you check them out. But thank you to both Viola and to Eric. You guys have a great company, you guys really care about the people that you're serving and you care about the machines that you create. Thank you so much for what you do. All right, that's it for me. Let's get back to the show. Find of the Week.
1: All right, so Find of the Week. I've got Michael Sandstormovich. Uh, he has found two S-shaped belt buckles in a little hoard or a hoard it's not really a hoard but on his daily outings Hmm. finds there were two two s-shaped belt buckles and they really speak out to me i really like those things There, i think they're really uh, intricate and had a real purpose and very just i find them fascinating
0: that's crazy Uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah They're, they're really cool one of them has got only one head and it's like a a tail yeah. At the other end, and the other one has two heads.
0: Yeah, I'm um, looking right at it.
1: Yeah, the, the, the one that's got the two heads kind of looks like the 1914 pattern. So when I was doing a little bit of research on this, there was a – I saw a lot of references to the 1914 pattern, which was used, I believe, in World War One. Don't quote me on that. It's It's actually quite <laughs> a little bit difficult to get information on these particular buckles. Um, there's no, no real, what, what would you call it? Um,
0: uh, not a lot of, not, information. Not, yeah. not a lot
1: of, um, good sources of information. And, mm-hmm. Um, when, when, when you do your Google searches, you, you got to take a lot of what you find with a pinch of salt is it could be just some guy, you know, Google searches is, is the modern day of people scrolling on the back of the toilet wall at the pub. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's that's not that's not mine. That's Dr. Carl's, but it's still very valid. Uh, but but you've got to take all of that sort of information, you know, with a pinch of salt. So when I'm looking up information about these, and I think Wikipedia is a good place to start. And at the bottom is is a lot of uh, articles of sources of information, and I go to those thing I get the main bulk from the from the article and then I just go check out those references at the bottom but there's not really a lot of information out there but what I could sort of gather from the sources that I did find was that um, these buckles have been around for a long time these kinds of these s-shaped buckles um, where they're seen in portraits from the 16th century and they were used to fix your sword to your belt so they had a yeah sword had a like, I don't know, you call it a sheath or whatever, and it was used to attach that part to your belt from what I can gather. I'm happy to stand corrected if anyone's got any corrections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lance will give out the email later. Yeah. Um, But as fashion does, they go in and out of style. So they went out of style and then they came back into style. But they were definitely used in the military for several countries. We've seen lots of photos of um, people in their uniforms. They could be their dress uniforms. Um, and you can definitely make out these S-shaped buckles, and most of them, I think, are ca- just called snake buckles. But I think you'll find that some of them are, are not actually snake buckle, uh, snake heads on them. There might be a, a water bird of some sort. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's so I, I picked those, and I'm very jealous. I've been I've been wanting to find one of these for a long time, and um, when when Michael found two of them, I was what we call in Australia, totes jelly. Um, very, very, very jealous of that, and you know, real big congratulations to that. Yeah, for that find. That's it's beautiful. You know, that's a beautiful It's buggles. a cracker of a sight there. I, um, I'm, I'm quite, quite jealous of that little, little spot there. And I really, please keep posting, posting those finds because I love seeing them. I love
0: seeing him. Yeah, it's definitely one of those ones. I wouldn't, because uh, it's uh, a lot of other things that are in the photo with it, and it wouldn't have picked it out right away, but a good eye on actually pulling that out because it's a really great find. Um, really one of a kind, and it does look like the two actually belong together in one way or another. So, yeah, it's. I'd like to know where is Mikael from, uh, and I'm trying to Western find. Western Australia. Is it?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, he's a local
1: boy.
0: I was wondering why it said happy. (laughs) I was wondering why it said happy Straya day. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, congratulations out there on the West Coast. That's okay. You're gonna kill me again. West Coast is Golden Coast, right?
1: No, the Gold Coast is on the east side of it. I'm I'm just gonna quit now. I think you're doing it on purpose.
0: No, I think so. You would think so, actually.
1: <laughs> Australia is quite large. Western Australia uh, they they get the raw end of the pineapple a lot of the time because they're they're really quite isolated on that side of the country. There's not a lot in between. There's a big big desert in between mm. um, Adelaide and West and Perth, which is capital of Western Australia. And there's you know we've got the Nullarbor Plain, which is I believe it's Latin for no trees, and it, it, it's just there's nothing out there. There's nothing out there, and you go hundreds of kilometres without a petrol station. So there's big signs on on the side of the road saying last petrol for blah x kilometres, and you make sure that you fill up there because otherwise you might not make it to the uh, to the end. And you do not want to get stuck on the side of the road in Australia in the summer.
0: Yeah. So um, always
1: make sure you've got at least 20 litres of water with you and at least one or two blankets. Because if you break down because your car blows a tyre and it's 39 degrees, you want to put something in the windscreen and you want to make sure that you're hydrated.
0: Yeah, you definitely do. Um,
1: Speaking from experience.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. Yeah, last weekend. Huh.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe
1: you forgot already. Come on.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking up something. Uh, that's the that's the weird thing you were talking about how it is um being out there in the outback and on that side, you know, like driving through Australia. And if you guys really want to see what the outback of Australia is like, and this is the way I see it because this film was actually filmed on the same route that uh Robin Davidson did, and I can't remember what year it was. It was in the 80s or 90s, I think it was. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so there was a movie called Tracks in 2013, uh, which stars uh, Mia Wasikowska and Adam Driver. And it is a beautiful film. It is a great film. But you really do get a chance to see how really brutal the Outback is. Um, and how nothing can really survive out there if you're not prepared for it.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's really it can be quite brutal. I heard a story about um, it was, I don't I don't know where they were from. They were tourists, and their car broke down, and they could see the ne- the nearest town, <laughs> and so they thought we'll walk, and they didn't make it. Mm. They didn't make it. So if your car breaks down don't leave your vehicle especially if it's on the main road somebody will come along um and 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 hopefully give you a hand
0: uh yeah and then there's i
1: I was lucky i was lucky i was on a well-traveled stretch of road and we weren't in the outback uh we were just in the country i was on my way to the riverland for those of you who know where where that is uh so there's lots and lots and lots of vehicles and we still had phone reception so i was able to call roadside assistance mm -hmm. and Um, they were able to help me change that tyre and we were able to get back on our way. But uh, it can be quite quite brutal, the Australian summer,
0: especially if you're not prepared. Yeah, definitely. Uh, What about shout-outs? What do we got going on?
1: My shout-out this week goes to Joe Thill. He he is still snowed in but is hoping to get out soon uh, once that snow melts, which he's expecting to happen fairly soon. But he did tell me a story about how he did – 100 degrees in one day and that's where you've gone from a really low temperature in America and then he's travelled overseas to where it was quite warm. Oh, geez. Um, it was Yeah, he went from – oh, he did say what it was but I didn't write it down. But he did 100 degrees in that one day from travelling from the US to the Philippines. Oh. But I was very – I was – the only thing that I was disappointed in with, about that story is that he had the Lego in his hands when he was at the shops there. Because I, I made a joke about, oh, he went to the Philippines to get the limited edition Shell Lego, because I've got some of that. I didn't go there; somebody else went there and gave yeah. it to me. Yeah. Um, and I said, oh, so you went there to buy this stuff as a as a joke? And he goes, I had the Lego in my hand, but I didn't buy it. So, <laughs> so that's why my shout out's going to Josephine. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's crazy. And he didn't buy it. Oh, man. He didn't buy it. You know, some didn't of us, some of the brickheads out there, they, they get the idea and they want to do it. They have it in their hand. They know it's a rare one. It's like, it's like uh, what is it? I think that boxes are different between the European release on a couple and the American releases of some of the Star Wars ones. And you get those ones in your hand and you realize, oh, this is the rare one. This is the one that's not released over here. Uh, like me, what the uh, American releases on flea markets, and I'm like, oh, this is the one that wasn't released over here, and then I just put it back and walk off. I don't know, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I've have made that decision once before, and that was the one with the Deadpool character in it, and that that set is worth a lot of money now. I'm just like, yeah, it was 30, I, it was thirty eight dollars. I should have bought it when it was thirty eight dollars. Remember that Not one too? Three hundred and eighty dollars.
0: Yeah, I remember <laughs> that one. Yeah. Oh, well, But yeah, it's one of those things, you know, we live and learn now, you know, we do. grab it and go. All
1: right. So speaking of living and learning, what are we talking about this week?
0: Well, we're going to be talking about exactly what it takes to get a permission, where you should look for a permission. And, uh, we'll kind of hit on a little bit of the laws. We're not lawyers, so we don't know everything. Uh, so we're not going to say that we know everything about that, but we're going to kind of hit on that a little bit as well. Uh, now, what was it, uh, you kind of wrote me about a list of things uh, that we should probably hit on on this. So let's just kind of go down this list and sure. uh, yeah, find out exactly what it is we should uh, look for. For people that are looking for permissions, what kind of places they should look for, what they should always keep in mind when they're doing it, and how to move forward from that point.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's more about what to look for when you're choosing a site to go metal detecting. People mm. ask me that quite a bit, and I see it posted in Facebook groups a lot, uh, asking the question about where's a good place to go. And most of the time, the, the sites that I go to are, st- are places that I've seen while I've been driving around doing other things. I just see a patch of soil over there, and I just go, oh. That looks like it could be a potential spot. So my my mind or my eyes have sort of been not trained, but you know, I see certain things about the area that I go, this has potential Mm -hmm. for 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 treasure. And there are there's a there's a, a few questions that I ask myself in my mind about the site. And they're the sort of things that I just go through. And tick off and go, yes, this this is why this is a good site. Yeah, um, and I think I think we have to be very clear. the The number one question that everybody should be asking first is, are you actually allowed to go there? Is it private property? If it's mm. private property, you're going to need to get permission from the from the owners. And I'm not going to go too much into about how to get private property uh, permissions, but you know you need to make sure that you're not trespassing on somebody else's yeah. land. That's the, um, biggest,
0: that's the probably the biggest taboo that's in indeed. the hobby. Um, you hear, uh, like in England, they refer to them as Blackhawkers, people that illegally go metal-detecting locations where they don't have the uh, permission to actually be. Um, now, I can honestly tell you, the only thing that you need to know about getting permission, uh, people ask, oh, okay, so I know who the person is who owns the land. What do I need to tell them? Well, just the one thing you always remember... Always need to know, and this is the only thing I'm going to say about how to get permission. The worst thing they could say is no, just walk up and ask. That's it. That's the only that's thing right. That's the only thing that you need to know. Just walk up and ask. Tell them who you are, what you do, and see their reaction. You'll figure it out really quick. It comes and it goes. There's only yes and no. It's not going to be get off my land and shoot you in the head. It's not going to be one of those ish- uh, situations.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that when when I'm asking for permission on on sites is I always offer to the owner to see everything that I found and that's mm-hmm. including the trash and then give them the option of taking some of it or all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And if, just- you,
1: if that and but that's that's my personal approach yep. and I've had people take me up on that offer and they say well I'll have I'll have that 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 and that and generally, they're the pieces that have got a connection to the property, like dog registration tag yeah. or um, something that had been lost by one of the people back in the day. Um, and I'm, me personally, I'm more than happy to give that back to them. That's returning that item is 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 half the thrill for me. Yeah. Um, I, it, but using that approach could demonstrate to the to the landowner that you're not just there to dig holes and ruin the soil. Um, I also offer to give them a demonstration of how I retrieve things. Um, and I also offer them the use of my spare detector because I, if I'm going to a private property, I'll have a spare detector with me mm. and say, if you, if you want to join me, I'll show you how to use this machine. And no one's ever taken me up on that yet, but it's, I always have that as a, as a thing. They've yeah. they've just gone, oh, that's really interesting, but no, I'll, I'll just let you do it and just be chatty with them, you know, if, if they want to engage in a conversation with you. Yeah. Be polite, make, offer to make the cups of tea. If there's one offered, uh, that's <laughs> what I do. I haven't had to make a cup of tea yet, but um, <laughs> I have, I have had several cups of tea and the, one of the permission sites that I've, that I've had, um, which I hope to be able to go back to once the weather cools down a bit. Um, the people are really, just really, really lovely people. And yeah. I feel like I've made a new friend. So for me, it's not just about digging up and saying, see you later. It's digging up, sharing that little bit of history, having a chat and a cup of tea and, um, you know, building building a, a friendship because they might know somebody else that yeah. has more land that you can go and visit and they might recommend you. Um, I, I, this, one of the permission sites that I had, I was actually um, looking in a public creek in, in, in the creek, there, and I said, Oh, what are you doing? So, oh, this, that, and the other. And I said, Oh, do you have a card? is said, Well, as a matter of fact, I do. And I just gave them my card, and uh, it, it just went from there.
0: That's crazy. So, yeah.
1: So, the num- number one thing is, Are you allowed? Oh, crash. Sorry. <laughs> my, my foot went to sleep.
0: <laughs> no, that's kind of yeah. cool. That's cool. Uh, but you and I, we have the same kind of metal detecting principles, I guess. Uh, I always show the owners what I find. Um, I usually send them photographs of it as I'm coming off the field and then I get a chance to clean it. And then if they want any of it or all of it, they have the opportunity to take it all. Um, at some point if they want i will actually drive out with everything i've found and let them dig through it and take a look at it uh just like you i always have a second metal detector with me the deus or the tesoro is always in the car and um if they want they can definitely come out uh that's uh it's one of the things that i really love um That we can actually interact with the owners, and they get a chance to see, because a lot of people don't know what was on their land or what happened, and they get a chance to see, oh, wow, look at all this history that is coming up from this area. Just like the one guy who owned the field where I was at, he had no idea there was a path that cut across there in the uh, 1700s to the late 1800s. And I found all those coins and we were able to get an answer to that question. He's like, wow, just think, you know, 150 years ago, this was all wooded area that cut through here and people would ride their horses. And now it's just a field. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the other thing that, um, you need to be aware of is that a lot of countries have restrictions or local rules that need to be obeyed oh, yeah. before um, before you go. No, so in Australia, metal detecting is falls under the fossicking umbrella and each of the different states have their own different rules. Um, some states you need to have a permit, some states you don't, some mm-hmm. states you need to, um, you, you know, you can't go into national parks or you can't go into conservation parks. I'm not sure whether that's... Uh, uh, nationwide but i know in south australia where i'm from that it's illegal to metal detect in a national park or a conservation park yeah, yeah and i would think i would think i haven't confirmed this i couldn't find anything online to confirm this but if there was a beach that was a part of that national park i think that, that would be off limits as well i know i wouldn't detect it on that um on that premise and yeah so you just need to make sure that you're obeying the, the the country's rules as well as um, the local rules. So within our states, we have what we call council areas. So mm-hmm. it's the, lo- the local government. Some councils actually specify no fossicking in their areas. There's there's one that I know of in, in my state. Um, so I won't go to that area to go detecting. Um, so just wherever you are, make sure you are... Uh, up to date with the local laws
0: yeah that's the same thing that happens over here as well uh germany is split into 16 states And each one of the states has their own rules. Uh, Luckily, I live in Bavaria, so that means that it is legal over here as long as it's not a historically preserved land. So we're really good where I'm at. Um, I could actually just go out into the woodlands over here where I'm at and metal detect without any kind of permission needed because it's considered public land. Um, even though the, the wooded areas are usually owned by multiple different owners, they each have a certain plot in it. Uh, but as long as it's not fenced off and there's no signs that say private property, I'm able to just go in and metal detect without any problems whatsoever. It's just if anything's found, I have to report it. But there are states in Germany where it is completely illegal to metal detect uh, there are also states where, just like you, you need a license to metal detect. Um, so that's one of the things that you have to look at. In the United States, I don't know exactly all the laws about it. I'd really love to hear uh, from somebody in the U.S., uh, maybe in the next week or two, about the laws in the United States about metal detecting. Because I picked it up over here in Europe So I don't really know any of the laws that are over there in the United States. I do know a lot of the laws that are here in Germany, and I just happen to be lucky enough to be in the best one. Uh, But there are places like England uh, where they do, let me kind of pull this up. Now, uh, they need to have permissions to go on to any of the farmer fields or anywhere else. And um, I was talking with Scott Dubay. And his wife, uh, Kimmy, and they usually say that it's uh, if they see a farmer in a field, they just walk out to him and just ask him. Um, she said they said that uh, nine out of ten times that usually works, uh, but they do have a um, uh, what is it? A metal detecting insurance by the NCMd National Committee for Metal Detectors, I believe it's called. Uh, so you'd need to be registered in there. You have to have some kind of insurance and I believe it has to deal with, um, uh, the possibility of damage to property damage to livestock or any other kind of personal damage that might happen, including, uh, historic relics, I believe that also falls under it as well. So if you dig and hit something historic, uh, that causes, you know, a couple thousand pounds of damage to a two million dollar piece of history. Uh, so I think you're covered by this one. Um, now anybody living in the UK, please, uh, let me know if I'm right or wrong. If I'm way off base, um, uh, I'd really like to know about what the NCMD is, what all the metal detecting stuff. I know that um, Archaeology and Metal Detecting Magazine, they might be moving into that direction as well in the next year or two. But we'll see. I don't know. Uh, please, please let us know. Uh, I would definitely love to have you on the show and talk about it. Uh, we can talk about the different laws in each one of the countries. Uh, feel free to hit me up.
1: All right. So the next thing that you need to know hmm. is what are you looking for? What do you, that? I think that's another really important question. Is what is the sort of treasure that you want to find? If you're looking for gold, chances are you're not going to find it on the beach.
0: <laughs> well, maybe.
1: <laughs> well, you you might. I'm talking about gold nuggets here. not oh, gold no,
0: no, no. Now, if yeah, you're, you're in can't... South Florida, you might be finding pirate gold. So, <laughs> I
1: don't know. well, maybe, but but. You you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're if you're chasing colour, that beautiful gold yellow colour, then you're not probably not going to find that on the beach, and you're probably not going to find that in your local playground either. You need to go to the right area. You need to go to the gold fields for that.
0: Well, if you are looking for a beautiful yellow color, the beach might be for you. But just in a swimsuit and make sure you have <laughs>
1: enough, enough
0: suntan lotion. You're
1: terrible, Muriel. <laughs> so, if you're into modern coins and jewelry, then uh, the good places to go could be the beach, uh, modern parks,
0: mm-hmm. parks
1: where you know where people are. You know, people lose coins out their pockets. Um, playgrounds, the swings are really good. Good uh, little money boxes. So they're a good place to start. Yeah. Um, the downside to the modern parks, though, is that there can be a lot of trash. But if you've got the right gear and the patience, you can clean up those areas pretty well, or discriminate out. When you do discriminate, though, you do tend to lose your opportunity for uh, the gold rings if you're looking to get rid of those ring pools and pool tabs.
0: Yeah, that's um, uh, that's one of the things. Like over here in Germany, uh, the There's a couple parks nearby, and me and uh, the guys from the metal detector, Schweinfurt, we actually get permission to go to one of the swimming areas, and we pull out all the trash, all the bottle caps and everything. Uh, We've done this two years in a row, and I think over the course of the last two years, uh, we didn't actually do it this year, but the last two years we did it, um, I think we pulled out a good five to ten pounds worth of trash of just... Just all kinds of trash that just really uh, was under underfoot, including broken bottles.
1: And the good thing about when you're pulling out the trash is, one, when you go there the next time, that's a signal that you're not going to be finding.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: two, 2 you're, you're taking out a potential te- a shock
0: for someone. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if, uh, if if it made the news over there, but over the last week, uh, one of the local beaches here, there was a, a, a small child. A girl, probably about 10, I think, um, was at a sporting event on the beach and we've had some erosion of the sand dunes and there was some old fencing that had oh. um, come come apart and she um, had a old rusty piece of wire pierce her foot and had to oh. go get it removed. And over the course of the week, the councils have been having their people with metal detectors go down there and, and clean up all of these old rusty bits of iron. So if you're doing that as a part of your day-to-day metal detecting thing, then I see it as, as being a contributing to the safety of the community. And that's why I pull all of the trash out is yeah. it, could be some, it could be somebody's child's injured foot or it could be my injured foot the next time
0: I'm there yeah and for me um, it's it's all the uh, all the trash on the crap fields over here I've pulled yeah. out on one field I've pulled out so much lead from bag seals it's unbelievable uh in one hunt me and uh the other guys from the group we pulled out almost 30 uh, musket balls within I think it was like a 30 square meter area
1: yeah yeah, and 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 like I said at the start, I, it's <laughs> it's an opportunity to not have that signal again. Mm. And I will go, I will go to uh, my sites more than one time. I go there half a dozen times, if not more. Um, there's one site that I've been to over 20 times, and oh, wow. and probably on the 17th, 18th time is when I found a gold coin. So there is still treasure there. Um, but if you're if you're leaving the rubbish there then you're just going to come across it again the next yeah. time and, and spend more time digging it on the second time around or getting that that full signal. You might see it on top of the ground the next time. But I always pick my my rubbish up. Yeah, I did so, too. So if you're into modern coins and jewellery, good places are the beach and playgrounds, but if you're into old coins and maybe other relics, um, they're a different kettle of fish. Uh, you you can still find those in your modern parks if the park is older,
0: but
1: mm-hmm. well, chances are they've been ha- that those parks have been hammered by other detectors and you might not find them. Research the area that you're interested in. When was it founded? Uh, old suburbs are generally going to give you better better uh, yields of good stuff. Um, but if if you can find out where the roads in and out of the town were, is there a church? People you know, gathered around churches that was a um, an important place in society. Mm-hmm. And where is the water supply? Horses need water. People need water. Roads follow water. At least that's my theory, and that's paid off for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I use over here is I use Google Earth and I look at historical imagery uh, as far back as it goes. It'll go back to the early 90s usually about uh, satellite imagery. Uh, And then I also do searches for historic maps of the area where I'm looking. Um, That's one of the biggest ones. And I'm able to, uh, using Google Earth, I'm able to actually overlay the maps that I find by creating a translucent. So I create... uh, kind of turn the map a little bit invisible to make sure that I line them up correctly. And then I'm able to see exactly what the layout was and where I should start looking. And that's one of the things that I love about Google Earth is that you're able to bring in a photograph and overlay it and then turn it slightly invisible and then turn it back and then switch back and forth between the two images.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. You might have to show me how to do that. I'll
0: definitely do it. In fact, I might yeah. even make a video to uh, show people how to do this one.
1: Put it on Twitch.
0: There you go. Is that what it's called? Twitch. <laughs> yeah, Twitch. I've
1: forgotten like already. I'm twitching. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm all twitchy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if you're, if you're after gold, like we mentioned earlier, you really need to go to the gold fields. Um, I don't look for gold. I've never really had a serious shot at looking for gold. So I'm not really familiar with what you can and can't do. There's a lot of resources on the internet that will tell you how to look for gold, but just from first principles, I'd probably look for where the old mine shafts were. Yeah. Because chances are that's where somebody else has been digging. And they would have been digging there in the 1800s when they didn't have metal detectors. Having said that, somebody else with a metal detector has probably already (laughs) gone over it. So I I am not the best resource for looking uh, for asking about how to find gold. I would probably ask somebody who goes and looks for it yeah. or um, use one of the resources on the internet. There's 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 going to be plenty of them out there. And and there's one more thing that I just want to push or not push, sorry, that's the wrong word, but yeah, to, don't push. to mention is is um don't overlook young suburbs for old treasure. You know, young suburbs Something that was built in the 1980s um, can still have old things in it because yeah. they weren't always suburbs. There might have been a farm there.
0: Yeah, that's- and the land
1: has now been subdivided. You know, is there a large house in one of the streets? There's, there's plenty of areas in in my town, Adelaide, that are that are like that. Um, you know, you've got one house that's massive. And it's got a bit of bit of a bit of land around it, and then everything else was built in the 1980s chances are that's been the old homestead yeah. and over the years they've subdivided that block off so just because the suburb is young doesn't mean that there's not old treasure there and i've i've actually detected those areas and found 1800s coins
0: yeah that's one of the things that a lot of people they see new buildings and they think oh that's not old enough but you got to remember those were built somewhere where something used to be um it's still going to be around it. Now a lot of dirt has been moved, but look for those areas that might not have been, uh, touched or cleared. There's usually like in, um, new areas like that. They have like little parks that they leave open for people. Try those areas. Um, try just outside where, uh, construction was done. So those are the places that you do need to look. Yep. Well,
1: uh, the next point that I've got here is what sort of machine do you have? Like we've, well, we, um, I think you might've discussed it in last week's episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, certain machines are not really suitable for certain areas. You can't take your entry level machines out on the wet sand at the beach. Nope. You can't take them on the gold fields. So you need to be aware of what the capabilities of your machine are and all the coils that you have. Mm. Uh, if you've got, uh, if you've got the 13 inch coil, it might not be the best thing to use in a in a trashy park, but yeah. if you've got a sniper coil, and the machine to use it, then that might be uh, a good good thing for you to to try out in those trashy
0: areas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, I've got four coils downstairs for my rudus, uh, so I am. Um... From, You're as bad as me. Yeah. <laughs> from sniper, actually, the, my rudus is sitting right beside me. Uh, but it's uh, I got from a six-inch diameter. It's just a small sniper coil all the way up to the eleven-inch double D. I've even gotten uh, a nine-inch double D and a nine-inch double C coil.
1: Yeah. Wow. So for the for the people who are just starting out, I always suggest that they trust that they start out where the digging is easy yeah Mm. i mean you can go in your backyard of course yeah but go if you want to try and find stuff that you haven't planted go to a playground (sighs) or go to the beach and because it's really easy to to dig the stuff there because each machine will behave differently with the different targets Uh, and i think most of them are sort of designed for or at least the vlf machines probably Uh, i don't know so much about the pulse inductions but designed to pick up things that are coin sized and when they find a can that's a full can they you, the experienced detectors will be able to tell oh that's something large or it's close to the surface but for the person who's just starting out they might not necessarily know that so if you're looking for places and you're not familiar with your machine just go down to the beach or go down to a playground and have a look down there if you can't find anything down there definitely plant stuff plant a can and like dig a hole plant a can under that bark or sand and run your machine over it and just see what it sounds like and one of the good things to do is if you if you get a signal and you're not sure whether it's a can or something large and trashy just raise the coil uh, and keep swinging but let's raise the coil above the ground and if you're a foot and a half off the ground, and you're still getting a strong signal. Chances are, it's going to be a can or something rubbishy. But if your signal starts to lose it, like you start to lose that signal, then it could be a, a worthwhile target. Yeah. So yeah. Just pra- practice, practice, practice. And and the reason why I say this is that um, when you when you're practicing these things in these easy dig areas, it's it's really important that you learn your machine before you start digging up parts and uh, parks and stuff, because the local law people and council workers and councils really don't like people unearthing this underground sprinkler systems for (laughs) starters. So, So, and it's just to, and nobody is intentionally going out to destroy these things, but it's, just through inexperience that you know that there's a there's a repeatable signal and then you you dig it and it turns out to be part of the infrastructure of the watering system and um no it you might get told off
0: yeah and we don't want
1: that we don't want that so practice your machine in the easy digging areas is what i normally recommend to people
0: yeah i usually tell uh People, uh, you know, when I learned it, uh, one of the best uh, things of advice, especially I got this from uh, XP Gary. You might know him from uh, XP Team USA or from XP. He said uh, one of the best things you can do is actually get out there and learn the signals. And the only way you can do that is actually go to a place that you can dig everything up. Dig everything Mm. up. Uh, When you first get a machine, dig it all up. Learn how the signals work. Learn how the VDI numbers work. Uh, But you don't want to go to your choice or your honey hole or the place that you just um, scoped out that you really want to metal detect. You can't do something like this there because you're going to be digging 10,000 holes. You need to go to a place where you can dig that many holes. And, um, you know... Uh, and not get fatigued exactly a farm field might be a great place to look a pasture might be a great place to actually do this kind of testing of the machines or uh but if you're going to somebody's yard that is not the place where you want to be testing or learning uh what a signal is and digging everything up so um Yeah, thanks, Gary. That was some of the best advice that I ever got. And then after about two or three times out with the machine, I felt confident enough with the day as to actually go to really good areas and get some, uh, you know, dig around and permissions where I only dug maybe during the course of a day 20 holes and almost all of them were something fantastic.
1: Yeah, good Good. All right. So my last point on um, what I look for in a site is: is it safe? That's. I think that's probably the most. Well, it's not the most because we've talked about the most. But um, you say you've found a spot and it's got a lot of old stuff on it. Is yeah. it on the edge of a cliff? Or are there any wild animals like snakes, bears, seals, sea lions? You know, we have beaches where there are wild animals as well. So just got to make sure that you. You're safe while you're out there. You don't want to yeah. get bitten by a snake or or attacked by a bear or eaten by a sea lion.
0: And that's another thing that you guys in Australia and some of the people in England need to worry about. Is it an old impact area from World War II? Uh,
1: oh, yeah.
0: You see? Yeah. And that's those are some of oh, the things. I hadn't thought of that one. Yeah, those are some of the things that you really need to look into.
1: Yeah, Yeah. You don't want to get blown up. Actually, there was actually on a beach in Victoria – it was either late last year or early this year, somebody found an unexploded um, bomb, hand grenade, I think it was, and they took it home and it went off and it injured him and I think his four-year-old child as well. So you've got to consider what could be on the ground. And if you find something like that, um, some people suggest that you leave it buried.
0: Yeah, oh, um, wow.
1: I would do. I would probably leave it buried and then notify the exactly. authorities. Exactly, mark it and because I can, yeah because they can come and remove it
0: safely. Uh, yeah, that's one of the things a lot of people uh, if you're new to the hobby, do not go to a war zone. If you're here in Germany, do not go out in the fields up in Berlin and expect to go dig up hand grenades, rocket propelled grenades, tanks and bombs and everything else. Uh, that should be the last thing that you want to do at the beginning. These The people that are doing these are very professional with how they do it. Even, even though some people are goofing around on YouTube tube and stuff uh they are still very professional about how they do handle these items so um they have the knowledge of what to do do not go digging into a place that's a former war zone shoving your spade into the ground and something dreadful happens so
1: yeah well that's all i had lance
0: yeah um, that's, i think
1: if anybody if any, if anybody else has got any um tips that they'd like to share they, they can email them in i think yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think this is a great show. A lot of information for people, especially people that are trying to look for uh, areas. I'll get to work on seeing about making a video about how to use imagery on top of Google Earth uh, to look at uh, possible sites. Um, I'll probably do that uh, this coming week, maybe the next week. So expect to see something about it. Uh, Hopefully I can get Twitch up and running and we can make that our first show um but other than that that's a uh, really great show sorry my chair's squeaking that that was not anything yeah else. what's
1: going on there man <laughs> did you have the curry last
0: night or something no my, my chair i don't know why it's <laughs> actually starting to squeak a lot now
1: just get a bit of oil on it.
0: You'll be right. Yeah, I tried that, and it actually sunk too far down, so I don't know what to do on
1: anyway. Oh, well, you know what that means? New yeah. chair. Just like me, new car.
0: Yeah, this chair isn't even a year old. Tell my wife I need a new one. <laughs> What's wrong with your old one? Uh, okay, never mind. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, it's a great show. A lot of information. If you guys have any questions about permissions or finding permissions or where... Uh, to look, be sure to let us know, just feel free to write me. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Lance Goolsby. It's really simple. Uh, go into the global detection adventures, Facebook group, just search for global detection adventures. Uh, you'll find me on there as the, the main guy, uh, along with 42 and Matt Howell. And, um, feel free to ask us any questions that you have about, uh, coming into the hobby, where to go, what you should look for, what kind of machine that you're using. And we'll definitely, um, give you all the information. And if we don't know it, we know somebody who does, believe me, we Hmm. know somebody who has the information you're looking for. Um, we've helped people find, uh, the laws in Russia, in the Philippines, in Australia, in the UK, and I can't remember where else there was. I think Austria, Austria as well. So we've helped a lot of people out. Um, so feel free to get in touch with us. We'll get in touch with uh, you. Give you either the information you want or the contact data for the appropriate person. And we're not lawyers. We're not. We're not the people that you should come and ask permission for. We're just here. <laughs> we're hobbyists that just love metal detecting and talk about it. So. We don't have all the news. We don't have everything.
1: No, we certainly don't. Nope. So where can people find us?
0: Well, uh, always take a look for us on Facebook, Global Detection Adventures on Facebook. You can find us there. You can find us online. Just type in gdapod.com. You can find us there. You can find every single one of us. Our last five seasons of the podcast playable right there on the website. and You can download every single one of them as well. Or uh, you can check us out on Instagram at Global Detection Adventures. And if you post any of your finds, make sure you use the hashtag GDApod on there. And we'll get uh, a heads up whenever you do that. And we'll share that around and we'll blast it out to the rest of the world as well so yeah um,
1: and don't and don't forget to post your finds on facebook as well because i love seeing them and i don't i look i don't really care if they were found two years ago five years ago i know you guys have got issues well a lot of people have got issues with not being able to get out at the moment so i'm happy to to relive your glory (laughs) days through photos on facebook absolutely keep posting them
0: yeah you're talking about me
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anybody, anybody, yeah. Any, anybody. Any any of the things that I put out is, um, you know, on, on on a Wednesday if I'm looking for photos for things, it doesn't matter when when they were found. If you've dug them up, I mm-hmm. want to see them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we love we love interacting with you guys and uh, uh, you know seeing some of the stuff that you find out there. We love doing that. Uh, be sure if you have any questions, if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is really simple. Lance at gdapod.com. Feel free to write me. Let me know, uh, what you want. And like I said, we can get you in touch with the right people or, uh, give you the information you need. Um, I, that's it. That's about it for me. I got nothing else going on.
1: Me either. I'm
0: Bored at home. Can't get out metal detecting. It sucks. Oh,
1: no, no, no. I've got, I've got Lego Club today.
0: Oh. I uh, I think I got a game going on downstairs, a video game, so I might jump back down and oh, get nice. into that. But anyway, that's it for me. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, this is Global Detection Adventures, the podcast. My name's Lance Goolsby. I'm joined, as always, happily with 42 out of Adelaide, the beautiful voice that you listened to was hers not mine so <laughs> <laughs> uh, until we see you guys you again- me no no you make me yeah. sound good <laughs> <laughs> until right. we see you guys next time we'll see you out on the field let's dig it up y'all
1: ciao